Welcome to Lakers Weekend. I'm your host, Joe Soro. I know you guys are used to seeing Gerald Glassford and possibly the Lakerholics on the weekend, but uh, there was a disturbance in the force. Yes, that was for cool, bro. And it uh, looks like Spencer Dinwiddie decided to come home instead of take more money in Texas. Yes, Spencer Dinwiddie is now an L.A. Laker. He's been picked up off waivers. Actually, we're waiting for him to finish uh, getting off waivers, but he will be an L.A. Laker once that's official. And uh, we're, we're going to go into a little bit more detail on this uh, here in the next uh, hour to see if this is a good fit. Um, as of right now, we're, the Lakers are in a situation where they're probably not going to get uh, Jared Vanderbilt back. So this, this move tends to make sense from a depth standpoint. Uh, Gabe Vincent is still out. Uh, some of us feel, and myself included, that uh, we're not going to probably see uh, a value there, even if he were to come back. Uh, so this 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 move is it, I, it's it's worth the shot. Obviously, I mean, what do you got to lose uh, by bringing in Spencer? It's someone who wants to play for the Lakers. It's someone who's in the past played well. Unfortunately, when, uh, looking at his uh, performance here this year hasn't been very good. I think we are kind of mesmerized by the name a little bit and the enthusiasm that he that he does want to be here. But I'm, we're going to see, though, if his play will improve around a better cast. Uh, and I say a better cast as in LeBron James and AD. So, uh, you know, if, if you guys have any questions, if you guys are popping in here, I can see that some of you guys are coming in here. Go ahead and give me any of your questions uh, and we'll, we'll do our best to kind of answer them. In the meantime, I'm going to try to go over some of the scenarios that uh, the Lakers can set up here to make this make sense. Uh, what kind of lineups uh, Darvin Ham could put together that would make sense. I think what this does is, and again, it's it's going to be difficult to to it's going to be difficult until we see his performance with this team. Based off what we've seen this year, it's not been good. Uh, he hasn't particularly been shooting well from the field. I think he's around uh, 41%. Uh, Three-point shooting is 32%. So he's coming in. He's averaging just a little under 13 points a game. Uh, if you look at it from the standpoint of is he better than certain guys? Thanks a lot, uh, G. If he's better than certain guys on the roster that are getting a lot of minutes, that's going to be probably the question I want answered is he better than certain role players that have been getting minutes so we can look at someone like max christie we can look at someone like torian prince uh those are the main the mainstays in terms of players who have been maligned and supported through, during the year and would would they how how are those players going to really be effective when it's prime time which is come playoff time can spencer Dinwiddie play better than those guys and then obviously give the Lakers a chance here towards the end of the season. That's that question uh, based off certain stats. Uh, let's use Torian Prince as, as the first one based off the stats. No, <laughs> uh, Spencer has not been shooting well. It's just what it is guys. He's played 48 games this year. He's not shooting well at all. Now, that could be for the fact that the, the Brooklyn Nets don't have much uh, advanced talent. They don't really have a superstar there. Ben Simmons plays as much basketball as I do during the year. 
And you're kind of stuck in that, like, well, how do we gauge this? Is he Was he enthusiastic playing there? Was he getting double teamed all the time? I haven't been watching a lot of uh, Brooklyn Net basketball, but you know we are we are we are gonna have to see how he performs around real talent. Again, I know our talent is somewhat suspect, but we still do have AD and LeBron, and we can't deny that those guys are great still. So uh, as far as the three guard lineup, uh, I, I did hear that yesterday. Actually, somebody had mentioned it. So Kurt, three guard lineup. Uh, do you consider? Spencer Dinwiddie, a guard. I, I I look at I look at him more as a as a small forward in this day and age. Uh, that might be that might be me. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, they they call him a point guard by by name, but is he really a point guard? Is he more of a point forward? I feel like he's more of a point forward. That's kind of the game that I see when he's playing. And if that's the case, then. We're going to have to see how he how he does at the three spot while having uh, Russell and Austin at the one and two. Now, you could move Austin to three and put uh, Russell at the two and then Dinwiddie at one. It is interchangeable. Again, it's the it's the NBA in 2024. They're really it, it really is a positionless league now. But where that makes where, where, where the positions matter is who's going to guard who. Can Spencer Dinwiddie play better defense than Austin and Russell? That's going to be the question. That's what I'm going to be looking at. If he does, then he will have value. Even if the shooting isn't good, you at least, I guess, have one more guy that can maybe play some defense. And he does, in my opinion, shoot better than Vanderbilt. And if that's the case, then you got a player that you at least can play a little bit of defense and play a little bit better offense than Vando. He's not going to be as good as Vando on defense, but he is probably going to be a better scorer than Vando. So there's that kind of balance that you look at when you when you go from there. No, I don't think I don't think J uh, E. I don't. I think he's still going to use Prince. I think we're going to see less Max Christie. Uh, if I'm correct on that, uh, there's something. Every coach in any team has their favorite player. Torian Prince seems to be uh, – he seems to be Darvin Ham's favorite player. The thing is, though, is I think we're, we've been a little harsh on Torian Prince. And listen to me for a second. Look, he's – he is what he is. And while he's not making the league minimum, he is a minimum league player. But he's given you good – stuff for for what he gets paid and what he's supposed to do uh you'll probably see less of him as the playoffs start their situation and what we want now is in terms of the lakers is we want to hopefully preserve lebron as much as we can and, and spencer will will at least help in the ball uh ball handling department for sure that that that's something that i think is important to 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 look at and 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 it's about preservation at this point. We saw LeBron kind of run out of gas in Denver. I just mentioned this on one of our posts from one of our videos uh, for the post game interview on Denver a couple nights ago. Uh, that's that's becoming a a, a problem. The, the, the Lakers need to figure out a way to make sure that they still win. They got to have enough talent on this team and enough of a system to where they can make up ground while 
AD isn't playing and LeBron isn't pay, playing. And the, the Boston game gave us a little hope. They gave us the hope that they didn't play their two best guys and they still were able to go on the road and beat a, a number one seed in the East. So as this thing goes, and, and we've been very critical of the Lakers, uh, I still don't think they're going to win the championship, but it's we're still watching. Still going to watch and still hope that we're wrong. But this step, we're going to have to wait and see. I don't. I know our guy Stone doesn't like the move because he just feels that Spence doesn't doesn't have what it takes to do what needs to get done. But it's a no lose situation. If he comes in, he does something great. It was a great pickup. If he doesn't do anything, hey, what was what was it to hurt? You know, we we tried to add some depth in an area where uh, we did lose some depth in that we don't have a, a backup uh, point guard in Gabe Vincent, and then of course we lose. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Now, it's not official that Jared Vanderbilt is gone for the year, but it's very likely uh, they're keeping it hush-hush. Usually when you hear stories right out the gate that there might be a problem for next year, that means it's likely, and this is my assessment on this, is that he's probably got some form of a break on his foot, and it's in a very, very critical area, and you can't risk a career-ending injury there. So that's why they probably have to keep him out. Yeah, Dinwiddie. See, and that's that's funny you say that, Jay. We have a lot of sixth men, and we had talked about this a few years ago. The year I think it was twenty twenty two when the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. The Lakers seem to have had an issue with starters. They have a lot of sixth men. Like my initial focus on, let's say, Austin Reeves was his game just screamed sixth man of the year he'd be the perfect six-man of the year on a title team. But because his talent is needed, he's had to be inserted into the starting lineup in his short three-year, almost three-year career. D'Angelo Russell, I think he's a starter. I do. Th- I, I, he's a starter in many teams, obviously ours as well. But his best spot, I do agree, would be the six-man on a championship team. I'm not saying the Lakers can't win with those guys starting but it's just harder. That means more work for AD, more work for LeBron. And more work for LeBron in this, at this stage of, of his career is very, very, very difficult. Uh, there would be have, that, that Some things would have to happen, some luck, some kind of rena- you know, renaissance from certain players, whatever. Um, so now you got Spencer, who likely would be best off the bench, but we're probably going to see him start a few games based off the fact that there's certain times where the Lakers get some injuries and they're going to need to put somebody in there that can cover that the, the, that ground. Uh, as of right now, I think they're going to stick to uh, D'Angelo, Austin, uh, Rui, LeBron, and AD. These guys have only been starting a short amount of time, and the fact that they were able to score uh, in the 20s each in the starting lineup last night only, based, only made Darvin Ham look more dumb in that he should have been starting Rui earlier. So we want to ride this wave. If these guys are actually going to score like this, then we want to we want to investigate that and see how how that goes, especially with a with a really really good month in terms of travel coming up here after the Utah uh game next Wednesday. After the Utah uh game, the Lakers are going to have a week off for the All-Star break. And then after that, they are going to be on the West Coast for a month. They are not going to leave the Pacific time zone. So in terms of wear and tear at a a crucial time during the season, which is February, 
That's the dog day month of, of, of the basketball season. I think that's a, that's a blessing in that they can make up some ground uh, uh, here in, in February and beginning of March to try and see if you can muster up some, some kind of uh, lead that would guide you into the top six. I'm looking at the top six. I, they got to get either a five or a six. Uh, they're not going to get a four. They're too far back there. But five and six should be the goal. But they're going to also have to make a decision on whether they want to run their guys ragged to get that. That's kind of the can, – can, can, if it means that you got to play LeBron 38 minutes like you did last night, it's probably not going to be good for his, his health going into the playoffs. Uh, so that's kind of where we're going with that. He's been better than Can and Christie. You know what, Lofton? Again, I haven't seen a lot of Brooklyn Nets basketball. Uh, he's probably going to be better than those guys. We're going to have to wait and see on that. Joe, after an offensive uh, powerhouse game like last night, does that make you concerned for our defense? You know what they might have done last night is they might have just said, screw it. Let's just run this these guys out the gym. It really looked like that because how many wide open layups were they given uh, Zion Williamson last night? The whole time we were talking about it, we're going like, "Why don't you guys let the just guide this guy to the to the right? You keep giving him a lane to get his easy left-handed layup. Move him to the right. Move him to the right. You know, just adjust." But I don't know. We don't know if Darvin Ham actually teaches anything <laughs> during the week. We really don't. And if, if we had to take a guess, the answer is no. He doesn't teach anything. Uh, Jay Chris Paul being bought out. Uh, there's no word of him being bought out right now. So I don't know what the situation with that is. I actually was saying that I wouldn't mind having Chris Paul as a buyout uh, option just because you get another ball handler, another veteran, someone who's been there before. And if you can give him 10, 12 minutes, what's what's it to hurt? Plus, he's boys with LeBron, so you know the the, the relationship there would work. So I, I don't I don't see any 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 hurt with with bringing him on if you can get a good ten minutes to twelve minutes from him. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone copy, version you know? that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah, but I mean, like with a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yeah. not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want to. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Lofton, Le- LeBron is playing a lot of minutes. And that's that's probably the main concern for Darvin Ham. And this is where I'll I'll... I'll give him a little leeway. I think he's he was really trying to 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 keep that at bay, but it's just been impossible. The Lakers just don't have enough talent that can cover LeBron not playing. That's the problem. We they just don't have it. So they have to play this give and take until they get this regular season thing going, and then at that point, get into the playoffs, 
and you're 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 in a you're in a series now where you know where you're gonna be, you know who you're playing, and you're never gonna play another back-to-back game as well. That's 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 as positive I can get on the whole Darvin Ham decision-making process. There may be something there where we have to be fair about. We have to be fair for, for to him that he is trying to preserve as best he can, but it's just been very, very difficult. Now, the good thing about last night, uh, we talked about this in the post game, was was the fact that AD only played 29 minutes and the Lakers were able to still play as well as they did. That That's encouraging, um, which again, only sh- and the, but LeBron played 38 minutes, so only sure who's the MVP, right, of the team. It, it just always seems like as long as LeBron's on the on the court, things usually kind of tend to go well. Uh, Lakers play better when D'Lo runs the offense. It's probably why it did still run well. Uh, D'Lo coming in and, and, and turning into Steph Curry, uh, what was it, in the second quarter, that was that takes a lot of burden off everyone, especially LeBron. The burden of not having to guide the offense, the burden of him not having to make ill-advised three-point shots when the offense breaks down, the 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 burden of just overall thinking. Again, this is a mental game a lot of times, folks. LeBron is looks physically healthy uh, relative to his age and where the this the season is at this point. And anything you can do to continue to not allow him to handle the grunt work, which is bringing the ball up and playing defense because if he doesn't, they're going to score every time. All these things. It, it's going to help in preserving him towards the end of the year. So Spencer is another ball handling guard, uh, or I'd like to, I, I prefer I look at him as a point forward. And if that if if we can just get that out of Spencer and a couple of shots here and there and and, and a good 15, 20 minutes, then there's there's a positive here. There's a definite positive. You get less minutes of the guys that we know that are that won't be what we need them to be. And, and that's kind of how that'll play out. Yeah, Spencer off the bench is really, really good. I think I think it's it's a good one. And I believe what's going to happen is uh, Darwin is going to gauge the Prince-Max Christie thing and see who who's going to get less minutes. If Spencer starts hitting shots uh, unlike he has this year, then I, I, I'm thinking that you're, he's going to have to make a decision on probably not playing Christie as much. Christie's actually... I trust Christie shooting uh, a little bit better. Well, I don't trust Christie over over uh, Torian Prince, but I do like Christie's defense better than I like Torian Prince's. So it's he's going to have to figure out the matchups on that, who they're playing, who's more vertical, who's more able to get uh, to the basket off off the dribble. These are all little things that that they're going to have to see, uh, or Darwin's going to have to analyze and figure out where to put those pieces in. If he can't do that, uh, we're we're not we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> Reeves off the bench is better. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna ride this starting lineup. Uh, Je, uh, ideally, we would want Reeves as the sixth man. We said it year a couple of years ago. He would be the perfect sixth man on a title team. But as of right now, we don't have that luxury. The Lakers do not have that luxury. Spencer Dinwiddie is likely going to be coming off the bench. He might be the seventh guy coming off the bench. Could be six if he starts shooting better. But Reeves, D'Angelo, Rui, uh, AD, and LeBron are are 
if none of them get injured the rest of the way, you're very likely to see that starting lineup finish the season. You're very likely to see that uh, lineup uh, to finish the rest of the season. Now, LeBron and AD are going to sit at some point here in the last few months to, to, you know, to rest or whatever. So however he ends up setting up the, the lineups there, I would say let's say if AD sits, you're probably going to see Jackson Hayes start in his place. If LeBron sits, there's a possibility that you might see Rui in LeBron's spot and maybe start Spencer. Or he might make us all happy and, and, and start Torian Prince. So it's not – it's just not a it, – it, it, there's a lot of working parts here. A lot of times, and I've said this for years, when you have too much talent, it's difficult to manage. When you don't have enough talent to where – Certain players are like bona fide, like this guy is a three, this guy is a starting two. That's a problem, too. So, you look at D'Angelo, you look at Tory, well, you look at D'Angelo and Reeves, those guys are you know, they're they're good. Uh, then you got the drop off and Prince, Max Christie, those guys. It's hard to it's hard to kind of decide, well, who do we play and who, who does this? You know, you gotta you gotta figure out the matchups because. Almost everyone that's on this team, other than AD, is one-dimensional, including LeBron. LeBron can play defense, but he has to be cautious because if he plays too much defense, he runs out of gas towards the end of the game. And that, that seems to always happen against teams like Denver. Denver knows how to run him out of the out of the gym. He's just guys, he's he's aged, and it's hard to beat guys like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr and freak athletes like Gordon, Aaron Gordon, when, when, you know, you're not, you're just not there physically. Those guys can, can, can wear you out during a 48 minute game. And that, that collapse at the end had more to do with the fact that they ran out of gas again against Denver. And it's only going to get worse if they play in Denver where the, the, the air is thin. So in the future, we're going to see if, 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 if there's a, there's a fix to that. I, I don't know at this point if there is, but we'll, we'll find out here shortly. Rui, Prince, D'Lo, LeBron, A.D., Spence. Uh, Zadrin, welcome, by the way. Uh, I haven't seen you before, but thank, welcome. Please uh, like and subscribe to the show. Uh, this was an impromptu, and we do this whenever there's a transaction that comes out of nowhere. Uh, we, we do these shows every now and then. There hasn't been a lot of activity, obviously, because of the trade deadline uh, snooze fest, which I'm not angry about. I think the Lakers tried to make something work. Uh, there wasn't anything out there. And we sort of talked about that for weeks, that there wasn't anything out there. Welcome, Liquid Swords. Thank you very much. Uh, you're right. They do match up well with OKC. And the reason why they do is because OKC is still relatively young. They're a very young team. Young teams in the NBA are rarely going to uh, scare teams, especially towards the playoffs. And with Shea Gill just being an, an MVP candidate, Chet Holmgren is really technically a rookie. Uh, you've got Josh Giddy and you got those guys kind of in and around that, uh, uh, that, 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 that team. I, I, they're playing well because they're talented and they're young, but I am not afraid of OKC. I might be putting my foot in my mouth there, but I'm not. I think it would be nice to, if, if the Lakers had a choice, let's say if they make a five seed, let's just say they, they really run it well the next uh, few months here. And they get a five seed. Uh, the the best scenario for 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 me is if they can get the Clippers at the four seed and they're at the five, then the Lakers play all their home games at home. 
Yes, I know the Clippers are playing well. Yes, I know they have a certain setup now. Kawhi's playing well. But I, I got to see Kawhi make it to the playoffs without being injured. He's not been able to do that. So if if, 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 if the Lakers are, are not going to have any home court advantage the rest of the way again, I'd like to see if we can get a little bit of luck and maybe play the Clippers in the first round because I think that would be a good time to get at those guys. There's going to be some pressure. They know they're in L.A., the Lakers don't have to worry about traveling for any of the games. They can stay in their locker room. I think it's a good setup. It's a good start. And if they lose to the Clippers, then they were never meant to win anyways. So I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go cry in my pillow because the Clippers beat the Lakers in the first round this year. When you know, at the end of the day, you look at the rafters and you you see what you see. It's just what it is. You know, at some point in our lives. Uh, one of these teams is going to play against each other and one of them are going to beat each other. And that's just what you have to accept. Now, will the Clippers go all the way and win it? It would depend on if it's a healthy Kawhi. If you got 2019 Kawhi, there's a chance, but you still have James Harden on that team and Russell Westbrook. James Harden, the, the deeper you get into the playoffs, the, the, the deeper his game goes down. And we all know Russell Westbrook's game the deeper you get into the playoffs, he becomes invisible. Invisible man. That's what that's what happens there. Uh, top of the West is better than even last year. Will be a rough ride. Yeah, I can roll with that, but I'm not – call me naive. I'm not afraid of Minnesota, and I'm not afraid of Oklahoma City. Uh, the, the Clippers a little bit because they play up against the Lakers, and if there's a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, sure. Um the only team that's 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 a problem for the Lakers right now is Denver. It's Denver. Uh, ideally, if the Lakers were to get lucky in this run, uh, someone taking out Denver in the second round, if let's say they were to meet, um, uh, let's let's say the playoffs play out like this. Let's say Denver is the one seed, and uh, I'm sorry. Let's say Denver is the two seed, and Minnesota is the one seed. The Lakers, let's, by this scenario topic here, let's say the Lakers get the fifth seed and play the Clippers uh, as the fourth seed. Let's say they beat the Clippers. And then Minnesota wins their matchup. And then now the Lakers are playing Minnesota in the second round. And then Denver is playing Oklahoma City. If that happens, then you're, you know, maybe they get lucky. Maybe we get lucky and they play, uh, Maybe they get lucky and they play the winner of the OKC Denver game and uh, series, and then Denver loses to OKC. I'm just throwing that out there. Now you avoid that. Now you're playing OKC in the in the Western Conference Finals. Now things get very interesting. Now the confidence is is skyrocketing. So if something like that played out, it could it could be something. And that's kind of what we're we're waiting to see. Again, thank you for coming in on here, Jamie. I wasn't expecting you to come, but. I uh, hope you're enjoying your coffee this morning. Uh, we have a pretty big crowd here. Uh, I, we anticipated that people would be interested in hearing uh, the news here and a little bit of commentary on Spencer Dinwiddie coming to L.A. Uh, what's your assessment? We talked about a little bit about it last night. And Stone Hansen being the realist that he is, it really bothers a lot of people. And we're, we're real, too. But uh, <laughs> he wasn't too happy about this acquisition. What do you think? I mean, I think it's, it, I don't see how we, I don't see how it's a net negative. I don't see it as like, you know, a season altering event, right? Like it's, it's a guy who 
is bounced from team to team for the last five, six years, right? Uh, can start, can come off the bench. Uh, I guess my one hope or concern or hope and concern is that, A, I hope that we didn't promise him any kind of role. I hope we learned the mistake from the Andre Drummond buyout, free agent, whatever, waving, signing he was, where he came right into the starting lineup and it kind of just upset the apple cart a little too much. And guys who had defined roles suddenly didn't have defined roles and then they tried to like pigeonhole them into other roles and it just didn't work. Um, so I think if you kind of leave most of the team's roles behind, I think that that's uh, alone rather. I think that that's kind of, you know, somebody's going to have to sacrifice minutes. My hope would be Torian Prince. My fear is it's going to be a combination of Reeves, D'Lo, and Hachimura. Um, and, you know, the news that also came out today that of all the people in the decision-making cabal that is the Lakers front office, none other than, and not surprisingly, Darvin Ham was the biggest Torian Prince advocate. Even though I just don't see the impact on the floor. I mean, I get it. He's available, which I guess this season is a defining characteristic of a player. But um, I, sometimes I just feel like his his he, he lets his emotions guide the way. And, and you need to be a little bit more Stone Hansen in these moments. You need to be a little bit more cool, a little bit more analytical. And, and just not – I mean, when he says it's not a popularity contest, yeah, don't make it one. And he makes it one. He makes it one. So that's that's sort of my biggest concern is that, you know, we bring we bring Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie in and the coach just doesn't figure out what to do with him. When he's an obvious, like, maybe not in the same caliber as a Jamal Crawford, uh, you know, was like a microwave score that you can put in and hope to get like 15, 20 points, bam. Not penciled in, marked that one down in ink. I, you know, I think he's more of like a 10, 15-point guy with maybe a little bit more playmaking. Um, but, I mean, I, for if anything, this is good. Gave Vincent not coming back at all insurance, I think. Um, and I don't expect Vincent to come back this season. And I'm not sure what he'll look like when he gets back. Um, and so if Dinwiddie can fit well into like a backup guard role of some kind where he, you know, scores 10, 15 points a game, uh dishes out, you know, three, four, five assists, maybe, you know, higher. I think that that's what the Lakers need off the bench right now because that doesn't really exist. It, it's it's it, The starters have to play a much – they have to stagger the starters in such a way that at least one of them is on the floor all the time, um, usually two. And it's just, you know, in the playoffs that works, but it would be nice to be able to sit LeBron for a little bit more, start to, like – you know, trying to dial his minutes back to under 35, at least. I'm not talking 30. I'm just talking under 35. <laughs> and that's not really happening right now. So uh, if those things can be accomplished by the Dinwiddie signing, I'll call it a win. If we can get a little bit more production off the bench, take it like just a couple of percentage points of load off the starting five, whoever they are. And if we can get, you know, a couple of guys healthy, which is only going to squeeze Dinwiddie out more, honestly, or, or somebody, and it won't be Torian Prince as we've, as we now know, uh, then, then that's a win, you know, and you know, Dinwiddie has been, he's played in the playoffs. He's played with great players. So I don't, I don't see him having much of an issue fitting in unless he's expecting, you know, 30, 35 minutes a game and hopes to play himself into like a $20 million deal. If he wanted that, he should have gone to, to Dallas. Um, they could have offered him more money. 
Uh, I think they could have offered him more playing time, certainly. So I, I found I found it curious that he came to the decision so quickly. Um, but I'm glad he's choosing us because I would rather we have him on our bench than have to face him <laughs> on some other team's bench uh, on, for for a for the you know just for the cost of a buyout. So you know, it's it's. It's not earth it's not earth shattering. It's not season altering, but it's it's it can it could work out well and if it doesn't it seems like a low risk. But then I thought the same thing about the Andre drum, drumming buyout and subsequent signing and that kind of torpedoed the whole season and so we'll see. We'll see. Uh you know, it's odd that you can go to the game with a general manager when you're not signed to a team and that's not some level of tampering in the NBA, but I guess they're just hanging out like buddies. The tampering thing always cracked me up because the right. player, the players can, can do talk. whatever they want. So, <laughs> if you're ever caught tampering, you got to be the dumbest people on the planet. Just talk to your guy to talk to him. LeBron, go talk to Spencer. Yeah, I never, I never understood that. I, I never understood. First of all, it always it was mind-boggling to me when Magic Johnson was the VP at the time. Oh, God. and he's he's sitting there, and I'm 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 just you know browsing the internet. And then all of a sudden something comes up and Magic Johnson wants to train Ben Simmons. I'm like, what? Right. What do you mean he wants to train? What where are the alarms? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, did, did Adam Silver call Magic and go, Irvin? Yeah. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> you know, like you can't do that. Like, right. I mean, you, how long have you been in the NBA? Magic <laughs> never paid attention to the rules, man. He just he just shows up. He just shows up and does great. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's why he was a bad. He should have always been in, in like an advisory role, like top advisor of the you know the advisors of all. I don't know, because he's not a guy who wants to or is good at fit, fitting inside a tiny little box. He's just not. He's magic. He, he's he's beyond the sport he's beyond the rules in in his mind and he doesn't probably even think of it like that you know he probably doesn't like occur to him that that's what his behavior amounts to but like that's what his behavior amounts to when he's in a, when he's when he's got an official title he's got an official job you can guarantee he's just going to go on like jimmy kimmel or some show at some point and just start working working this and it's all just going to come out as a stream of consciousness moment and then later somebody be like bro They'd be like, "Oh yeah, my bad." <laughs> now this this uh, we're going to talk more about this here in the next few days. But uh, I I I was wrong. I thought he was going to take the Dallas deal. Because Me too. More money. More uh, money. Twice as more, much. More money can buy by a considerable amount. It's and the fact small- that yeah. Now if Dallas was 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 a bottom dweller, let's say they were a 12, 13 seed, I would have said for sure LA. But I thought, hey, he goes to Dallas, gives them a little bit of help. Now they kind of go up a little bit in the standings. They're ahead of the Lakers already. That would make sense. But apparently he feels coming back home and playing in LA might be a better better situation for him. I mean, the only thing I can think of, and he has chemistry with Luca. Like he's been a Maverick with Luca before. So it's not like there's no... There's more familiarity there, so the only thing I could think of is that maybe he didn't enjoy his time in Dallas. It, it, it you know, it's it's interesting you say that because I was just thinking that. So Dallas came out with a issue a few years ago where the, the to put it subtly, there was a working environment that was uncomfortable, right? Right. 
And I always wondered, like, this is supposed to be Mark Cuban, Mr. I'm cool and I'm I'm this guy and I'm I'm all about it and all this crap. And I used to always I always saw through that. And I'm not saying Mark Cuban is a bad guy. No. He's just full of something that I never really liked. It's like this fake, he's a dork trying to be cool. It's kind of like Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith is the biggest dork that's always trying to be cool. And for me, I'd rather you be a dork. Yeah. Then try to act like you're cool when you're not. Right. So no. Mark Cuban always had always had that aura about him being a, a massive dork who tried to be cool and he wasn't. He was never he's never been cool to me. I never looked at Mark Cuban and said, dude, this guy is oh man. You know, he just doesn't have it. And it's not his fault, you know what it is. He was born with it. No, so then then you get to why why is this team why does it seem like no one wants to go to Dallas? I thought this was, hey, we get TVs in our locker rooms and we get this and we get that. And of course they were using Dirk Nowitzki as a as a as a kind of a barometer to them. I'm like, Dirk Nowitzki, by the way, is the nicest man on the planet. Right. The nicest. When he was getting punked by Ashton Kutcher, what the, the skit was some guy just this kid just bothering the crap out of him and he never broke. He never broke. He never broke. That that's the true guy. He didn't know he was on TV. He was by being nice. So Dirk Nowitzki doesn't count, folks. He Mark Cuban let a, 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 a soon to be coming into his prime Steve Nash. Okay, he had a championship team in eleven and he broke it up. I don't know necessarily. Again, the Dallas Mavericks were terrible before Mark Cuban. I get it, and he brought them to relevance. And he brought. And they did win a chip under him. You know, there's a lot of oh, Steve Ballmer hasn't done that yet. There's a lot of right, but coming. but the yeah, but the thi- yeah, yeah, but the thing is, it's there's this thing with Dallas that, that this fallacy. This this is the part of, of the show that we try to make sense of. You know, I keep hearing we keep hearing things about certain players and certain teams and certain people, and I'm going, where do you get that assessment? Why? How does that come about? Did you hear it online? Did somebody just make it up? Right. A lot of it comes down to, to LeBron's decision making on how he's a genius. A genius, a genius, the word genius needs to be kind of taken away uh, a lot because it's like you guys don't really understand what that word is. You hear the word great, you either hear the word he should be a Hall of Famer. Okay, if he should be a Hall of Famer, why is there even an argument? Why are right. we replaying a flagrant foul? It's not obvious, right? Why are we replaying a flagrant foul? So, going back to the topic at hand, I've heard Dimwitty is finished, no. And then, of course, you have another side that says, this is a great pickup. He's a $20 million player you're getting for a million. That's true. They're both true in some degree. Will it matter now? Will his enthusiasm go up, knowing that he's not dying in Brooklyn, having to deal with that monstrosity Ben Simmons on the bench, out, on the bench, out, you know, all that crap, right? LeBron has his own kind of aura, but LeBron is always there. He's always playing. He's always about winning, right? You got AD, who's one of the best superstars in terms of personalities, in my opinion, because he doesn't ruffle anybody's feathers. And some people look at that as a bad thing, right? They're like, oh, well, he's not demonstrative enough. Well, what do you want? You want him to be a prick, right? And then we're gonna we're gonna get on him for being a prick. 
Right. Okay. Was, yeah. Why? For me, yeah. For me, you got to LeBron takes care of that part. Let AD be AD. I don't want to mess with AD, especially considering he's the, to me, he's the defensive player of the year. He's yeah. he, he's going to be in the top five in my, I would put him in the top five of the MVP vote if I could vote because that's what he's been. If he's not there, this team is probably 12 games under 500. That's what an MVP does. That's what his defense does. Yeah. Just his defense. Yes. Yes. Just defense. And Tyrone, I think there might be some truth to that. It's and it's not, you know, you don't want to ever hear somebody say you quit. It's it's I don't know if it's the word quit. It's just where's your enthusiasm? You know, that enthusiasm wasn't there. I want to say something about that. When you have guys like Kyrie, KD, James Harden, now Spencer Dinwiddie, when you have players who are actively trying to leave a situation. I don't know that you can start to keep saying that they're quitting on the team. I think there is something inherently broken within the Nets basketball hierarchy. I don't know if it's the front office, the ownership, the coaches, all of it. If there's a, you know, some sort of Indian burial ground under the Barkley Center, whatever it is, when great players consistently leave your team you really ought to start to re-examine your internal workings and what it is that isn't working. So that, I mean, you're in Brooklyn. Your team is one of the greatest cities on the planet and nobody wants to go there. That is not the NBA norm. There's something wrong with the Brooklyn Nets and it's not investigated or talked enough about. And it's, it's too often that it's like, oh, Harden asked out. I mean, yes, Harden is a flim-flam of a player. He's, you know, whichever way the wind blows. But Kevin Durant's not like that. You know, he's chasing legacy. You're, you're telling me that winning a championship in the city of New York for a franchise that has never won a champion, like, come on. That, that, something doesn't add up here. So there is something broken in, within the Brooklyn Net franchise. And I don't look at it as the I mean, yes, the players are saying, like, I want out of here. But that I don't look at it as them quitting. Like, there's something wrong there. I don't know what it is. I'm not privy to this information. But it just, from the outside looking in, that's what I see at this point. When four players who could be on a starting team, could form a starting lineup, basically, of an NBA team, if you put a center in there, all want to leave, there's something going on inside that ain't working. And whether it's their coddling Ben Simmons and everybody else's, you know, second in the second on the totem pole, even though they show up to work and play hard and work hard every single day, harder than I don't, I don't know what his deal is, but like, you know, he's, he's going to end up playing like 20 games again this season. Like that's, that's terrible. So why would you coddle a guy like that? That's cuttable. That's, that's, you would wave him if he wasn't getting paid so much. So there's something broken, broken on the Brooklyn Nets. That's, I'm just going to leave it there. That's, that's my two bits on that. Yeah. They they were, so I think what happened with Brooklyn, and I don't want this to be about the Brooklyn thing, but it's going to coincide with the Dinwiddie thing right now as well. Brooklyn was trying to get out of it. Once, once they finally got out of that, that, that okay, we, we, we butchered the Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett situation. We've got new ownership here. Let's start getting into building this thing a little bit. Yeah, And they did. They had an all-star in D'Angelo Russell. In 2018, they were a fun team. This is what people in Brooklyn were, t- were, were talking about. They're like, man, this is a really fun team. They went, yeah, they were a six seed the following year, went, won 42 games. They were on the come up. Then all of a sudden, there was some noise 
coming out of Golden State that Durant might want to come play in New York. And the Knicks weren't really the one he wanted to play for. And that rumor started building. And then, of course, there's the rumor of, is Kyrie going to want to come home and play with Durant? So then now, here comes the star power. Your whole mindset in trying to build the team the right way. And I put my little bunny ears again, guys, for the people listening on audio. Ooh, we, we, can, we can outdo the Knicks. First of all, the Nets could win three, four, five championships. They're not going to ever outdo the Knicks. The Knicks are too embedded. They're too embedded in the, in the culture of the NBA. I'm sorry. They, they play the in, the, in the city of New York. Yeah, they play in the, the most popular arena since the Coliseum in Rome. Uh, <laughs> in some cases, they're, they're probably better. <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. Uh, they, they would have been better staying in Jersey. If if that was if they wanted their own identity, there is a difference between Jersey and New York, folks. Yes, they're close, but so is Philly. Okay, you know, one mixes. Matter of fact, I think Jersey's closer to Philly than they are in New York in a lot yeah. of ways. So there's a difference. And if Calipari had just listened to his inner self, I know if he just had listened to his inner self. I mean, we're we're not disappointed. We're happy, right, uh, Jamie? Laker Nation's yeah. happy. But Calipari knew if there's one thing Calipari knows is talent, okay? And he knows talent way before anybody else does. That's why he's been so good at what he does. The only issue with him is he's a whack job um, after that. So if Kobe gets drafted eight by the Nets in 1996, the New Jersey Nets are what the Bulls became when Jordan went to the Chicago. For those of you who don't remember, didn't watch The Last Dance, Chicago was a, I think they were getting outsold uh, in terms of tickets by the local soccer team. Yeah. Right? And Jordan made the Chicago Bulls what they are, a global brand that to this day, right now, with the team they have right now, a stinker of a team. Still sell out. That's why Reinsdorf doesn't care. Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf isn't a video game exec uh, scumbag, but he's he's got a little scumbag in him. He's he's a little bit more humble, a little bit nicer scumbag, but he's he's that guy that likes money. He just likes money more than he likes to win and. It's mind-boggling to me, especially someone with his age. Like, what are you going to do with this money? Oh, here's the answer, folks. For those of you who can't figure out why these guys are so greedy, you know why they're greedy? Because that's what they like. They enjoy making money. That's the enjoyment. I want to make money. And they're good at it. Yeah. has nothing to do with whether they keep it or they're going to take it with them or not. It has nothing to do with that. They Their thing... Their enjoyment, their climax, if you will, is the money going into their account, in their hands. That's the key. So there you go, guys. You just learned something about greed. It's not greed. It's actually not about greed. It's that that's the part they like, the money coming into their hands. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.
Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. So, the Nets traded Dinwiddie here to Toronto. And I think a lot of that might have been mutual. I think they might have sat with him and said, listen, man, it just doesn't look like you're happy here, bro. I mean, let's be honest. He's like, yeah, you know, but I'd come back, you know, and maybe have some kind of shot. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben Simmons and, you know, all this James Harden fiasco is all gone. But it didn't work. It didn't work. You're like, okay, we're going to send you to Toronto. They'll buy you out. And then you can go play wherever you want. Cool. And that's what happened. The only that's thing is happened. I thought he was going to go to Dallas. Yeah. I I I I I hold Luca to a, a high. Luca is the current guy right now, and I agree with that. We assume because we're cynical a holes too. All right, I'm 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 that guy. I'm jaded. I'm I'm gonna admit it. I thought, hey, you're telling me this guy's gonna pick the Lakers over Luca in his prime, being able to get him the ball wherever he wants, and you make more money in that in Texas. She. He's going to Dallas. But every once in a while, just like Hans Landa said in, in Inglorious Bastards, remember? Just uh-huh. in, in every case, 99999.9999 times, you'd be right. But then at one time. History, history says something different. Once in a great while, that one little thing. Now, I'm not calling Dimwitty the, the Messiah coming to LA, but the point is, we make an assessment. We Part of the broadcasting teachings that I've been taught is Joe don't riffraff go all the way in with what you said go all the way in if you're like yeah they they might get Spencer and if they do I'll be happy I don't think they're gonna end them either yeah yeah so it's like no you have to back it up even when you're wrong who's gonna argue against that Hey, guys, I'm wrong, but you're telling me playing for more money in Dallas with the better player that can get you what you need in your position? You're telling me the logic there doesn't make sense? So that's the, that's the cushion you get. If I had just said, oh, he's going to Dallas. Well, why is he going to Dallas? I don't know. Just, he's going to Dallas. I don't know. Just, that's what I think. No. Well, that doesn't make any sense, Joe. Uh, you got to tell me There's why. three viable reasons why he should have gone to Dallas, right? Like, A, more money. B, has played with Luca, has chemistry. They've won together. C probably has a more bit larger and defined role in Dallas. And you can even argue D that if it's a great fit and it's working, Dallas can offer him 120% on the contract they could have given him this season, which is over twice what the Lakers are going to pay him. And so it, there's more money in the future too. So I, he really has to want to come to LA. So we built this up. We built this up for this question right now, folks, and I'm glad it came to right now because we have 90 viewers watching. Thank you for watching. For those of you who are here and, and, and new, I can subscribe. Press can like, subscribe. subscribe. I believe me, the show gets better the more you watch it. True. And the question now is, going back, I still cynic. I'm still the cynic. Like, what happened in this deal? What did Rob? promise Spencer for taking less money? Is he promising him a shot at maybe coming back as a Laker on an extended contract next year? Can only pay or, him 100 more on what we're paying him. 
I mean, what 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 is what it was the incentive? Was it really about the childhood, you know, thing? I mean, I remember this scenario, not 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 as a buyout situation, but I remember Kendall Gill in two thousand two. Kendall Gill was all but, and, and this is again more more of evidence on why the assessment was made the way it was. Yeah, we I lived, I remember that distinctively. Kendall Gill was all but a Laker. And at that time, the mid-level exception was $2.5 million, 2002. He was all but a, a Laker. Oh, he's coming, folks. Oh, yeah, he's coming. Hey, here comes Kendall Gill. And the cool thing about Kendall Gill is he looked like a Laker. Like, he looked like a god. Like, his physique and the look. And he had he had a really good game, right? Good enough to play as a, as a role player on that team. Yep. Then all of a sudden, last second... Oh, he's staying in, in New Jersey. He's they're giving him seven million. And they interviewed him after. And they're like, guys, come on, you know why I went back to, to, to New Jersey. It's it's uh seven, two and a half million dollars. So you gotta you gotta go with where 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 that makes sense, right? So this isn't coming from anything other than what we've logic and and what we see. But I am I I'm 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 interested in seeing how this plays out. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not sad. It's a no-lose situation. If he comes in and he can give the Lakers 15 to 20 minutes, and really my view on this in the end is can they can Spencer be the guy that helps bring the minutes down for LeBron? Let's just say LeBron scores – in 12 minutes that he's not playing, he's or let's say in the 12 minutes that he wouldn't play, he would normally play, he scores five points. What if Spencer covered that five points every game? Does that move the needle? Because we all know, and we've discussed this too a few times, not every two points is the same as another. Right. There's there's a there's a mentality, there's a psychology to each 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 two points that go in and for those of you who are who are new here, a lot of a lot a lot of our regulars have heard this before. When Shaq would dunk on Davis, Sabonis, and I don't know Jermaine O'Neal all at the same time in the early two thousands, it was two points on the board. But what it did psychologically now, this is Sabonis, Arvidas Sabonis, who had a head the size of the ball in the, in Las Vegas, right? This is a huge human being. Then you have Dale Davis, who look, who anywhere on the planet, if Dale Davis walks into a room, he's going to dominate, except mm-hmm. where Shaq is, right? And then you have Jermaine O'Neal, who's coming on, uh, uh, coming into his own at that point, uh, and he made them look like they were bowling boys. pins. Boys, little boys. boys, right? That's not two points. That's six points. Two off each. <laughs> so psychologically. So now can here's my question. Here's the, the question I have. You don't have to answer it, but this is the question I'm gonna have for the games. Can Spencer Dinwiddie cover LeBron for 12 minutes a game? Or 10 minutes. Let's say 10 minutes. Let's say 10 minutes. Because LeBron's been playing a lot of games in in the high 30s. And we need him to play in the high 20s. Can he help in that department? That's going to be my question right now. Can he help? Can he help 
limit those minutes and at least cover LeBron in those 10 minutes each game? That's my question. I think he can. Well, then his value he- is going to be even bigger than what 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 it is now by by far. A, a low cost, important player on the team that came in at, at the last minute. At 30, with not too heinous of an injury history, Dinwiddie has the ability to play himself into one more 10 to $15 million deal, maybe even 20 if he goes off, right? If he goes, if he kills it in the playoffs, solid out the rest of the season, doesn't, you know, carp to the media about this, that, or the other thing, just shows up, goes to work, excels. I think you could see him pulled out, not from the Lakers, unfortunately. Lakers are only going to be able to offer him like a $4 million contract or they'd have to use their MLE or something like that. And that's weird NBA rules that I don't quite understand where it's like, if you've discovered this hidden gem and he plays well, everybody else gets gets to pay him more and you don't. It's sort of weird to me, but that's them's, them's the break. So if that happens, if he can dominate, and we're talking like LeBron, I think is right around 35 minutes, 35, 36 right now. If you can get him down to 33, 15 minutes a game of game time off the floor, 48 minute game, right? Just get him off the floor for 15 minutes. If Dinwiddie can dominate or at least like bridge, right? He doesn't even have to dominate. He just has to plateau, keep it plateaued so that we don't crater out if he can do that for 15 minutes a game that's gold baby that's gold and so if he that's i think that's the perfect question joe like i don't think there's another role for him on this team other than that um he's not going to be part of the future he's 30 we're not going to be able to pay him enough to keep him most likely he's going to end up somewhere else next season maybe on golden state when thompson walks for more money somewhere else which is what i foresee happening there um it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how, and, but the big wild card in all of this for me is still Darvin Ham. We can all sit here with wonderful thoughts and we've had a lot of wonderful thoughts from the summer to now. And then you watch the game and they're in the box score consistently every night is 33 minutes a game, Torian Prince, 33 minutes a game, Torian Prince. And so is there, is there a way to crack that habit? right? It's a habit at this point. It's a bad habit, in my opinion. And that's not a knock on Prince. He just doesn't bring enough to the table. And I think Dinwiddie can bring more. And, and it'd be one thing if Prince was playing like lockdown defense and you're like, okay, shaky shooting, lockdown defense, great. But it's porous defense and shaky shooting. And in my opinion, guys like that in the NBA are everywhere. You can get that guy all the time. We got like three on the roster right now. We've, we've auditioned every three and D wing you know, three and D wing that, you know, isn't like a 20 plus million dollar contract in the NBA for the last seven years. So does it, does the coach play along with this plan? That's, that's the biggest question. I think that people should wonder is, 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 is Sam going to be like, Oh, you gave me a potential all-star. I don't know. I think I might slot him in behind Max Christie. Like, (laughs) cause if that happens, then you're just wasting, you're wasting this moment. And you're not giving the guy a fair shake, and he'll walk quickly <laughs> next season. So I, I want to say that yes, I believe that Dinwiddie can do that. What I wonder is, will he be given the chance? The 
the game last night, we're going to see if this is a turning point for Darvin Ham. I think his his minutes distribution were, were, were not bad. Uh, Torian Prince only played 21 minutes. That's right about he, right. He, he allowed He allowed Rui to play a, a full game. Uh, I can't remember the last time Rui played 37 minutes. And, and there really, he had no choice at that point because Rui was killing it. Right. The LeBron James minutes, I've we've been well aware that, and, and LeBron was distributing last night pretty well. I mean, he had 14 assists. He was great there. Um, hit hit well from the free throw free throw line too, and that's something I gauge. I gauge LeBron at in terms of his mental state when he's hitting his free throws. That means he's locked in, and I was very very. That happened in the playoffs last year, and it was a huge difference. That makes a difference. There's this mental thing with LeBron when he's focused. He's that's when he's really really dangerous. It's when he's not focused is when it becomes a problem. When he starts shooting ill advised threes, when he starts bounce passing in between three guys, that stuff tends to be aggravating. And I wish I wish he continued to do what he did last night, where he didn't make yeah. those mistakes. Uh, so his 38 minutes didn't really. Uh, I don't, they weren't hard minutes. He only shot 13 times last night. He was distributing the ball. So I would say from a, from an offensive standpoint, it was perfect. And he might've not needed to play as many minutes last night either had AD not, not uh, gotten into foul trouble, but there was something that, that dawned on me today that I, I was thinking about it last night when, when he got his third foul, I was like, you see how AD looks? Like he's like, keep me in. I'll figure it out. Keep right. me in. I'll figure it out. Now some people were like, Darvin, get out! You should have got him out of there. I'm like, hold on, hold on, people. Sometimes great players call the shots. Yep. Okay. You think Darvin didn't want to take him out? Like you guys, you got to be fair too. Okay. Right. I, I get it. You know, we get it. Darvin yeah. Ham is deficient as a coach. I, I've said it. Hashtag but sometimes coach. you gotta you gotta tranquilo, man. Relax. Yeah. Tranquilo. <laughs> you could see. You could see. Hey man, when you're in Southern California, you you, you get down the lingo. I'm down. You, I'm down. You, you, yeah, I'm down. You got you gotta let the, the watch. Watch. Right. Right. Watch right. the game. Right. Stop looking at the at the sky. Stop yipping and yapping. The problem is it's not the sky, actually. It's this. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Put this down. Put this down. And watch. Watch. Stop doing this. There's some really great comments. Um, The Lakers are going to be great. Okay, how do you know that? You're not watching the game. Right. I know. Uh, uh, Alan's point about Prince shooting either four or five or three for six, which is 40%, uh, is astute. And that's why I don't look at box scores. And that's why I don't look purely at stats to determine a player's worth. I, I, like Joe's saying, I watch the game. The eye test is what we call it. Uh, does they pa- do they pass the eye test? And for me, Prince is not once this season. He, I mean, I think it was Laker Tom in the summer who was like, or like early on was like, Torian Prince is this year's Troy Brown Jr. And I couldn't have agreed more. It's not that they're bad. It's not that they're not trying. They just don't have it. They don't have it. And they're not, they don't have that thing that meshes in well with our team. Um, Tyrone says he's disappointed in Christian Wood. 
don't be. This is who he is. This he's he's a, he's an empty calorie player. He's that's that's who he is. That's who he's always been. I don't care what you tell me. His points per game on a terrible team in Houston was four years ago. He was on a terrible team. Somebody's got to shoot the ball. He's more than willing to shoot the ball. This empty calorie player, um, and has always been an empty. And for last one, Je just asked, "Is there a big man on the market we can we can buy or get?" Um, we'd have to waive somebody because once we sign Dinwiddie, we're at the 15 roster maximum. And then we'll have to wait till I want to say it's sometime after the All Star game before the rosters expand. Uh, and by then, anybody good will be gone. So um, we'd have to waive somebody. Now, who that would be is hard to say. It would probably be Christian Wood at this point if you're getting a big man uh, because you can't waive Hayes. Hayes is playing too well right now. He's playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play in his life, um, and there's no way you waive Jackson Hayes in this moment. You have to waive Wood. You're not going to waive your first-round draft pick from last summer, even though it makes the most sense. Uh, and you're not going to waive Max Christie, so because we need we need shooters and guards. And Christie was playing okay before he rolled his ankle the other night. So it would be Wood. So for getting a big guy, we're waving Christian Wood. That's how that's got to work out. Or you pick up a you know Stanley Johnson or Wendy and Gabriel when the wa- rosters expand because nobody's picked them up this whole season, and there's a reason for that. Well, I'm hearing Robin Williams is going. Robin Williams. Robin Lopez. Is going yeah. to be released well, by the Kings, Mark, and Marcus Morris, I think, has already been released, or right. or will be as well. Right. Um, I'm not sure who I would prefer. Probably Morris, I guess. I don't know. I, I would stick with the guy that that's been there already. I'd stick with Christian right. Wood as as much as you know his game is kind of eh. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think Morris or or Robin Lopez are gonna move the needle either way. I might, might as well stick with the guy that's been with you. I mean, uh, this was this this was enough. I think this is enough. I think you got someone who could somewhat replace Vando because he's not coming back. If Gabe comes back and he's serviceable, cool. But we're we've already gotten past Gabe Vincent. We've already taken the 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 knife to the jugular for the second time with a with an ex Miami Heat player. Let's hope that Rob Palinka never looks at the Miami Heat again ever again. I don't care what they did in the playoffs. Do not sign. Do not sign anyone that Pat Riley doesn't want. That's right. <laughs> That's a new rule. New rule. Uh, and new a rule. trade is different. If you want to, you know, if they were to go get Tyler Hero for a reasonable trade or even uh, no. Jimmy Neutron, a.k.a. Uh, Duncan Robinson, then, then that's a different story. But <laughs> there's no the, – the, the Lakers – the Lakers – yeah. That, Sorry, that, go then? ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Jimmy. No, is that what you call him, or is that what? No, no, no. This was this was Dwight Howard uh, during the 2020 season. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. He called. I think he called him Jimmy Neutron in the in the finals. That's dope. Good one. Because you know, of his hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Dwight Howard. Good one. Yeah, Gary, uh, you should be a little bit more positive. Positive, man. Come on, we're trying to be positive here. We're trying to listen. We got 28, 27 games left. I think 28, 27, something like that. Totally, going, totally going against the green, but we gotta, way. we gotta make a push or it's done. And we yeah. can, we can get to the sixth seed if, 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 if the basketball gods reward us for our, for our good vibes. So, Joe, I yeah. gotta, I gotta move on with my day, but I just want to. Thanks for being here again, Jamie. Jamie yeah, Sweet, man. folks, the, the, the Admiral Akbar of our ship. Uh, thank you again, Jamie. Have a good no day. Problem. We'll, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, bud. Uh, there is, <laughs> there is 
the the question ultimately, and this is what I wanted to get to here at the end of the end of the show here, was uh is is Spencer going to help preserve LeBron? Because while he doesn't have LeBron's game, it's it's a ball handling, decision making type game that if we can get an extra 10 minutes away from LeBron and still sustain leads, sustain the system, the way it's supposed to play, if you can call it that, that would be his value. Uh, if he doesn't shoot well, if he's struggling on offense, but maybe still guiding the the, the offense and doing as much as he can on defense, then it, it, that's, that's going to be what we want to look at here. And a 20 and eight finish, uh, that that that's similar to what they did last year. I believe they finished eighteen and eight to finish the year last year. Uh, to finish the year last year, and it was it was very good. The problem is if they, I think if they get more than six losses, they're not going to get a fifth or sixth seed. They're probably going to end up get get stuck at seven, which means they're going to have to do they're going to have to play do the playing again. If they want, if they want to, probably save themselves from dealing with that, they're probably going to have to win 50 games, which is 22 and six. They're going to have to go 22 and six the rest of the way. And I don't know, man, we're going to have to, we're going to be here for the ride. We'll be here for all, you know, 28 games, God forbid anything happening to anybody. And we're going to find out here in the next couple of months, but it'll be fun. But uh, wanted to thank everyone for joining us here on this impromptu Lakers weekend show with Spencer Dinwiddie now becoming a new L.A. Laker. Uh, For those of you who are new to the show and are listening, please like and subscribe. I promise you again, the show is going to get better and better as time goes on. It's going to get more exciting now that the Lakers are uh, probably a little enthusiastic that they've maybe gotten a couple of things going their way here towards the end of the first half of the season. And uh, again, I'm your host, Joe Soro. I'll be on during uh, pre and post games and our playback. For those of you who don't know how this process works, we do a playback show of the actual game. If you want more information on how that works, you can either message me on uh, the chat here or you can email us at LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Gerald is the podfather of this fine establishment. He's the guy that does all the, the tinkering and working and adjusting and fixing and adding. Gerald Glassford, that's who he is. If you have any questions, you can CC him or call or, or email him directly at LakersFastBreak uh, at, at, at Yahoo.com. Um, and until our next show, which will probably be later today, uh, again, thank you for joining us. And uh, I'll see you ne- until next time. I'll see you next time.